0: Welcome to Rancho Baptist Church. For those of you here who are unaware of who I am, my name is Eric Keeling. I am uh, involved in the second church plant of Rancho Baptist Church, which is called Faith to Faith Fellowship. As you've already figured out, Pastor Matt is not here this morning. He is not going to be bringing God's Word to you. Well, then we have Pastor Lou, and he's already set for plenty of days to preach this year. You don't want to hear any more of him anyway. <laughs> then we have our new youth pastor, Shane DeLisi, who, who would be wonderful up here, except he is out in Mexico with Global Recordings Network, serving on the mission field. And then our, our old youth pastor, Jason. Still kind of here, though, Right? <laughs> I don't know, some disease called short timers I think is what it is. So, you all get me this morning, so yeah, yay, all right. Now for those of you that remember, I've preached here one other time. It was actually in July of last year, so it's been almost a full year since you had to hear me. Um, I I appreciate so much all of the, the positive feedback that you gave me and the encouragement. It was a huge blessing to me until I found out why I was getting all of the positive feedback and the encouragement. I found out it had something to do with this 19-minute sermon I preached. (laughs) So so here's what we're gonna do this morning. In order for me to make up for that 19-minute sermon, I'm planning on going about an hour and a half this morning. So everyone get comfortable, settle into your chairs, and enjoy. Okay, just kidding. We'll hopefully make 15, 16 minutes. We'll see what we can do. The title of our message this morning is Set Your Mind on Christ. I'm going to put this up here. I did not. I thought I was going to put something up there, but maybe I'm not. Okay, I'm not. So I didn't do a PowerPoint for you this morning, so you're just going to have to listen to me anyway, so there you go. Set Your Mind on Christ. Look to that as we talk this morning. Our passage is going to be Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Now, in this passage, Paul discusses, discusses our new position in Christ, our new thinking which are crucial elements to our new lives as Christians. The big idea of today's message is going to be to allow the knowledge of who you are in Christ dictate how you live. Now, let's take a moment and look back at some of the background before we actually delve into the passage. Colossians is one of Paul's four prison epistles that he wrote while he was in Rome, somewhere around the time of 62 AD. Now, Colossae is a town that's actually about 100 miles to the east of Ephesus. Which really isn't that far of a distance, yet Paul never actually made it over to visit them, uh, at least not when he was writing this letter. We find that out in chapter 2, verse 1. And then in chapter 4, or chapter 1, I'm sorry, verses 4 through 8, we find out that Paul had been receiving his information about the Colossian church from Epaphras and probably others who were there. Paul was getting information as he, he had his sources all throughout. The area. Paul was getting information on the churches. Now, the church at Colossae was uh, struggling with a lot of heresy, with a lot of different things being fused together, different religious systems of the day coming together. Things such as Jewish legalism, we find that in chapter 2, verse 16, Greek mysticism, and Paul speaks of that in chapter 2, verse 18, and something called asceticism, which is found in chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. Now, in response to these heresies, Paul is clear, it seems, that his intention is to show the Colossians the absolute supremacy of Christ and how their position in him affects their Christian living. With all that being said, let me read for us a passage. Now, it's a long passage. Bear with me. Hang on. Here we go. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience, and in them you also once walked, when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But Christ is all, and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is a perfect bond of unity." Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Let's look at at first our new position in Christ in this passage let's look at our new position in Christ in verse 1 Paul says therefore if you have been raised up with Christ keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God in order for us to truly understand what Paul is is trying to say in this portion of the letter to the Colossians we have to start with some understanding of who we are in Christ it begins with the concept that we have been raised up with Christ And we now have this new and exalted position. Look at what Paul wrote in chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. He says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through the faith and working of God, who raised him from the dead, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. And Paul, again, in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 8 and 11, he says, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over Him, for the death that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus." And then Paul goes on to give us this other beautiful picture in verse 3. He says, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm -hmm. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. As we think about our position in Christ, the idea that we have died and our life is now hidden with Christ can be somewhat overwhelming. Yet at the same time, I find this concept extremely comforting. I don't know if it's just me and I'm crazy, but it's an extremely comforting concept to me. As many of you know, Paul chose his words very specifically, and it's a word that he uses here for hidden that really kind of got me. Paul says, you have been hidden with Christ and God. For most of us, when we think of the word hidden, we think of something as unseen or something as concealed from us. Yet, I pose the idea that there is another thought, another meaning of the word hidden, When something is hidden, it's actually being protected by the one who is hiding it. There's this protection. There's this being set apart about something being hidden. And according to Paul, the one doing our hiding is God. He is hiding this. And it is our sinful life is now hidden in Christ. Our sinful life is now hidden in Christ. To me, that is a comforting thought. Along with this new position of protection, we have... With Christ and God, there is also this confidence of future glorification. We know that, that because we are hidden with Christ and God, that there is this future glorification that is coming, How can that not change our thinking? How can that not change our way of life? One commentator actually put it like this. He said, "Paul added a new direction to the believer's focus of attention. They should look upward to Christ's reign over them in heaven and also forward to His return for them in the clouds." And keeping that in mind, we move on to our second point this morning, which is actually going to be our new way of thinking. As we look at our new position, we now move on to our new way of thinking. In the first two verses here, Paul repeats one simple phrase. He says, the things above. He says to keep seeking the things above. And he says to set your minds on the things above. Seeing how Paul felt it significant enough to repeat himself, Of the things above, I think it would be wise for us to maybe try and consider what is he saying when he talks about things above. So I came up with a few examples for us. I think first, when we think of something about the thing above, really quickly, I think that Paul is saying that we need to have our minds set on heavenly things, on eternal things. Our relationship with God is an eternal thing. Our relationship with him, we need to have our minds focused on that. Our relationship with the Lord. That is something that is eternal. Secondly, we need to set our mind continually on the Word of God. The Word of God is is eternal. It is everlasting. It is truth. It is power. Paul also said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The renewing of our minds comes directly from time spent in His Word. It doesn't come from time spent in front of the TV. It doesn't come from time spent listening to music. It doesn't come from time spent doing anything we choose to do with our time rather than spending it with God and in His Word. That is where the renewing takes place. That is where the transformation takes place. And real quickly, that transformation that Paul is talking about in Romans 12 is our transformation into the image of Jesus Christ. The image of Jesus Christ. That transformation in our lives hinges on our thinking. It hinges on our mind and being focused in God's Word. The last example that I'm going to share with you about these, these things above, at least they came to me. I'm sure that there are probably others. But this is one that I didn't think many people would think of, and yet I think is something that needs to be considered as setting our minds on things above. And that is simply people. I think oftentimes we forget that people, everyone we come in contact, is going to live forever. The question is, will they live forever in the presence of the Almighty God, worshiping Him? Will they live forever in hell, in pain, on fire, burning, gnashing their teeth, in complete and utter darkness, and separation from the Almighty God? We need to have our minds focused on these things everyone that we come in contact with. I believe our new thinking is one that is no longer focused on self. It's rather focused on our relationship with God. It's focused on His Word. And it's focused on the people that He chooses to put in our path each and every day. These are what I believe Paul is talking about when he says, Set your mind on the things above. Now, as we move on, it would be very easy for me to get into all of the do's and don'ts of life. However, I have no intention of doing that this morning. Yet at the same time, I think it's important for us to acknowledge the fact that our choices need to be dictated by our thinking, by our heavenly mindset. Our heavenly mindset. And that is precisely why our sermon this morning is called, Set Your Mind on Christ. That is what dictates our life, having our mind set on Christ. I have no qualms about telling you that the manner in which I make my decisions today is greatly different from the way in which I made my decisions before I had a relationship with Christ. It's greatly different. The criteria that I once held in making my decisions was what was going to feel the best. What was going to be the easiest choice for me to get what I wanted? That can no longer be my criteria. That can no longer be the criteria of anyone who chooses to call themselves a child of God. That cannot be our our focus and our criteria for making our decisions. Our new thinking tells us that our criteria is now found in heavenly places, in the heavenly realms, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That is where our criteria is found. Paul continues on by giving us a list of many of the things that used to dictate our lives. Things such as immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. I'm going to say something here that may catch a few of you off guard. I want you to kind of hold on to yourselves here. No one, not one, is perfect. Not one of us are even close to being perfect. Yet that being said, you guys, I think it's important, and it's my prayer for me and for each and every one of you that the understanding of our new position in Christ would cause us to have this new thinking. That it would cause us to have this Christ-centered, heavenly-focused thinking. We're not going to be perfect, but we can be a whole lot better than we are. And we can be moving down that path of transformation to the image of Christ. That brings us to our final point this morning, which is our new way of living. We have our new position, we have our new way of thinking, and now we have our new way of living this is a, a two-part process and it has to happen for each person individually. The first part is found in verses eight and nine. Paul says, But now you also put them all aside: anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with evil practices. So we are to do away with our old self. When Paul says put them all aside, he is saying to throw them off. To 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 like throw off dirty clothes. To do away with. You see, at the moment of salvation, we became new creations. We became new creations, and we need to be active in putting aside our old practices. Our old practices that once controlled the way that we lived. We couldn't do this before. We were unable to put aside these things, to live this this new life. Yet now, as new creations, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do these things. We can put these things aside. We can overcome sin. I believe the second part of this is is quite obvious. If we're putting something off, we need to put something on. We're to put on the new self, just as Paul tells us in verse 10. As I was talking with Pastor Lou this week about the passage, we were discussing it. He made this interesting observation about this new way of living. He said that in order to do this, we need to be rehearsing constantly our new position in our new thinking. Seems like a simple phrase, but it was the word rehearsing that kind of caught me. He said, in order to do this, we need to be rehearsing constantly our new position and our new thinking. I'm going to make a confession here. I was in drama. I don't know. I did it seventh grade through high school. I enjoyed the theater, I enjoyed the performances and all that stuff. But here's why I bring that up. The word rehearsing. I think back vividly to to the shows that that I was involved in when I may not have been the lead, but my character required me to be on stage throughout almost the entire show. And so I was at every single rehearsal, start to finish, paying attention to everything going on because I had to know what was going on on stage. I was constantly rehearsing this play. And by the end of it, by the time we were putting it on, I knew every one of my lines, I knew every one of everyone else's lines, as well as they did. I had rehearsed continually, and I knew that show inside and out. But then I think back to a show called Little Women that I did. And for those of you that can put two and two together, it's called Little Women, and I'm a man, so probably not a very big part I was Mr. Lawrence. I was a neighbor guy next door. I was on stage for maybe 10 minutes of the whole show. I don't know. It wasn't a big part. So I hardly went to any of the rehearsals. I hardly paid attention when I was at any of the rehearsals because who cares? I just walk on stage, take up lines, walk away. Well, I can tell you my performance suffered because there was no rehearsal. There was no rehearsing in, in what I was doing. My performance suffered. As we uh, look at this, we see that the rehearsing is necessary. The rehearsing regularly, paying attention to what is going on, that is what makes the difference. The same is true in our Christian life. If we are not rehearsing regularly, then our walk is going to suffer. Our walk is going to suffer. Look at the list that Paul gives us. He says, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, Gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. To be clear, you guys, we cannot live however we want to and then just do these things when the time seems fit. We can't be going through life and say, oh, this seems like a spot where I should show some compassion, so here it goes. Or, oh, this seems like a point in my life when I could use a little bit of patience, so I'm just going to be patient. I'm just going to wait. We can't do that. None of us should be naive enough to think that we can just insert these, these attributes. We have to be practicing these. We have to be rehearsing gentleness, kindness, humility, patience, compassion then Paul goes on. He goes beyond that. One step further, he says, "...beyond all these things, or above all of these, put on love." Put on love. You see, it is our love for God, and our love for His ways, and His plans, and His word, that is to be the motivating factor in our new way of living. Our love for God can only grow as we understand more and more about Him, about our position in Christ, and as we go through this life thinking about the things above, that is how we grow. That is how our love for God grows. In closing this morning, I feel it important to say that as believers, we need to clothe ourselves in attitudes and actions that are appropriate in view of our new position in Christ and that are in line with our new way of thinking. So what does this look like? What does this look like? I think a good start is one of our strategic prayer requests. I think the idea of spending time continually, significant time, daily in God's Word and in prayer is a good start. I think that that's a great piece of the puzzle. But I think also reminding ourselves daily of who we are in Christ—that we have put our old self to death, that we are a new creation in Christ. That we've been raised up with Christ. That we are seated at His right hand. That we now have the ability to overcome sin. Everything that once controlled us no longer has that same power. And we never forget the importance of thinking. Having a mind set on Christ. I'm going to leave you the same way that Paul left us here. He says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for each and every day that you see fit to give us breath. Father, we praise you that you have called us your children. That you have chosen to use us in ways that, that we may not even understand. And Father, I pray that as we leave here this morning, we would leave here considering our new position in Christ. Father, I pray that we would leave here this morning with a new way of thinking. And Father, I pray that we would leave here this morning with a new way of living. I pray that we would be changed. Father, that that our minds set on you and the things above would dictate our life. And that we would bring you nothing but glory and honor and praise in all that we say and do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.